Welcome to Coping Skills for Chronic Physical and or Mental Health Issues, where I don't try to replace your treatment team, but instead provide helpful tips and skills from the viewpoint of a certified rehabilitation counselor of over 23 years and who has had to live with significant physical and mental health issues to help you get by and thrive in your daily living and rehabilitation. Today's podcast is Rehabilitation is a Journey, Not a destination. And this is an important topic because understanding and accepting that you have a chronic illness is goes a long way towards happiness and fulfillment uh, and is very easy to get caught up into looking for that end destination uh, in regards to treatment, in regards to happiness, in regards to fulfillment. And there's a very and there's a lot of dangers to that, and we're gonna get into that. Um, but but we've been kind of we get kind of caught in that cycle throughout our lives because we're used to being sick and then getting over it, and we're used to you know getting injured, getting treatment, and then we get over it, right? So that's kind of our cycle. But now we have a chronic illness. That means it's a long term illness, and and so there's not this destination that's just over the hill. But we're we're used to looking for that, and we and not only that we want that we because we're we're really tired of this chronic illness and we just want it to go away. So it's it's very tempting to get caught up to look for this destination. But there but there are some problems with that. But we have found that one of the main factors that have contributed to people being happier that are have a chronic illness and to be able to treat their pain better and it and as regards to the treatment is going better was acceptance of the fact that their illness was chronic so this is this is like i said a very important topic and uh, and like i said it's, this can be hard i know for myself it took many years i'm very good at helping other people with this in my job as a rehab counselor but i wasn't very good at myself and now partly that was due to many incorrect diagnoses i was given over the years and i had to deal with many different medical practitioners some of you have probably done that yourself but i think it was also there was a some part of me that wanted that one answer for everything like i maybe i have some underlying cause for all the different little diagnoses i was given right and if i could just find that one underlying cause then all of it will just go away and then i can just do my job I can help my family like I used to. I can do the sports like I right. Everything will just go back to normal, and uh, and that was that was an incorrect type of thinking that that put me into a, a lot of trouble, and uh, and I'll talk a little bit about more that more later. But it also it doesn't help that when you're looking at the internet uh, and you're looking up your your diagnoses and and it's just full of theories, right? It's, it has lots of answers, not approved by the medical association. And, and it's just telling you, hey, here, I'll, I'll give you an answer, and here's healing, and I'll give you relief. Um, but it's it's kind of like that bag of water on a stick that they put in front of a horse in the, in the desert. You see sometimes in movies, you know, where they put, like, someone on the horse, and they're going to punish them by having them go out in the desert. And so the horse runs after that water, right, because it can smell the water, and it chases after it. And it just keeps chasing and chasing because it can't ever get to the water because it's on the end of the stick. And it just 
and keeps going until it exhausts itself and just collapses, right? And that's kind of like those searching after those answers that we kind of keep seeing in the in, on the internet and things that say, "Hey, I have a cure for your, your illness." I mean, sure, no one, no one in the official capacities have been able to find it, but but I have found it, and uh, and so we so we try it, right? We try those those little out of the way obscure cures that. Uh, that we, no one else has heard of, and uh, and we keep trying to chasing them, and but then it exhausts us because we we get tired. We've spent some money. We've we've tried so many different things, and then later, you know, <laughs> the doctor wants to give us another thing to try, and because we're trying lots of things with the doctor as well, and we're, and we're just tired. We're like, oh gosh, another thing to try. You know, I'm already and we're I'm already exhausted, and that's part of the reason we're just burning out. And, uh, and then also we, it also turns us to maladaptive coping strategies. Um, so, and so like isolating or drinking or something. So, and, and so, but there's also other dangers. So I'll get into the dangers a little bit more in a minute. Um, but first let's just go over a few categories of illnesses and it's not comprehensive, but I just want to go over a few categories and some things to watch out for because there's a lot of different types of chronic illnesses out there, right? So for example, if you have uh, an addiction, uh, that's a chronic illness. Or if you have an illness that has very, very long periods of remission, say years. Um, now, that's a different chronic illness than somebody else who has, for example, uh, an incurable autoimmune disease or fibromyalgia who's feeling pain every day. Or somebody who has uh, short periods of remission or their illness is episodic, meaning it there for a little while, then it's gone for a little while, then it comes back, but it's, but it's fairly regular. So uh, the episodic ones might be like Crohn's, for example, and the ones that, so, and well, like I said, the, the ones that are there all the time, fibromyalgia. So, so there, we have a lot of different kinds of illnesses out there. Um, but the ones that like, uh, th- like the addictions and so forth, uh, they might feel like, okay, I've been sober for three years, five years, ten years, which is fantastic. It means they've controlled their addiction, but it doesn't mean that the addiction went away. If they started drinking vodka or they used meth again, the addiction, the feelings are right there waiting for them. Uh, in fact, after all those years, a trigger might occur. If they had before a drink because they were depressed and someone in their family died, that's going to be a major trigger, for example. And so those urges could still occur even though it's been years. Uh, so it didn't go away. Right. So that's, it's still a chronic illness. Um, and then of course there's the other parts of th- that we haven't even talked about here, like such as the healing of the brain that needs to come, uh, after, you know, with the, even after you're sober and, and coming up with new values and interests and maybe even have to do a new career and so forth. But, but nevertheless, so, We'll talk about some of the dangers that can come with that, but but someone that one of those dangers is thinking, okay, I'm fine. I'm, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I've been sober for ten years. I'm I'm done. I I don't have to worry about it anymore. Or I've been in remission for ten years. I'm not even going to worry about it anymore. Um, and then those who have uh, continual pain every day, then there's that that danger of okay, I'm just going to look for a cure because I'm just tired of this pain and I'm just going to just try to find that one thing. And then those one, those that have, are episodic, there's the danger of both, right? The, 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 when you're not feeling pain to go, okay, 
great. I'm not going to worry about it anymore because I'm feeling great today. And who can blame him? Yay, I don't feel pain. It's like, I'm just going to focus on good, nothing but good things. And uh, yeah, like I said, that's, that's great. Um, and then when you're, and then also the danger of the other side too. If I just want to find a cure because I'm tired of being in pain. Well, my gosh, when my Crohn's is active, it's so painful. Or, or somebody who has like major depression recurrent when they're feeling good, uh, it's great. I don't feel depressed. I don't even want to worry about being depressed. But there's dangers to all those ways of thinking, and, and let's talk about those. But before I go on, I must point out that I'm not saying give up on hope or stop pursuing answers. For example, in the past year, I've had at least five additional diagnoses, all needing attention, which I wouldn't have found out if I had stopped pursuing new answers. And of course, we hope research pays off on like Parkinson's disease, MS, fibromyalgia, and more. Uh, and so we do have hope. So I'm definitely not saying give up on ever finding a cure in the future. Let's not do that. With that being said, let's look at the dangers of treating rehabilitation like a destination and, and the reverse, the positive of treating rehabilitation like a journey. Number one, scams. We're likely to run into scams. We're looking for cures that don't exist. And so therefore, we're likely to waste time and money basically chase, chasing rainbows for the pot of gold uh, that just doesn't exist. Or on the inverse of that, think of all the time, money, mental and emotional energy that could be saved and better used elsewhere uh, if we choose to use our time and money on things that could actually help us. For example, there are tons of items on the web claiming that they could cure my conditions. But if national specialists don't know how to cure my condition, I'm guessing that the pharmacist in Nairobi who's selling me this natural herbalist concoction or the obscure doctor that I've never heard of doesn't have the answer either. Not to insult any pharmacists in Nairobi who I'm sure are very smart, but you know what I'm saying. However, even though I'm exaggerating a little bit for effect here, these are professional scam artists. So they know how to make it look very tempting and realistic. And the really scary thing is sometimes they aren't even really selling something. They just want you to click on a link so they can plant viruses and other nasties to try to steal your information. The harder to identify scams are the ones that don't claim cures, but help you, but they just want to help you with that specific type of pain or energy that just hasn't been approved by the FDA. Now, I'll have a different podcast discussing natural medicine and some cautions there because, let's face it, there's some very good natural medicine out there. I use some, uh, but there's also some very bad in that area, uh, but that's a whole different thing. But in general, for now, I'd say anything that claims to cure or take away all pain or give you energy all day with no side effects, it makes you perfectly healthy, I'd be very careful of. Uh, that thing, you know, if it's too good to be true kind of a thing, it just tends not to actually exist. To take it back to what I said a minute ago, if you're constantly chasing rainbows uh, or these cures, then you're, you're just likely going to fall for scams. That's why it's important not to chase the rainbows, but to focus on what, what can I do now? What's actually evidence-based that's going to help me at least alleviate some pain or at least going to help me progress in my treatment? That's the stuff that's going to help. Actually, just because I really 
don't like scam artists. I'll give you one bonus type of scam to look for that's really tricky to identify. This is one that's caught a lot of people. Uh, it's uh, the person or a treatment program uh, meets with you or sends you something online or in the mail, uh, and they give you some sort of test. It doesn't matter what kind of test. Uh, and then they tell you to stop eating a, a some variety of foods, some often a long list. And then they try to sell you hundreds of dollars of product afterwards. Now, if you're saying, this sounds familiar, and wait a minute, I did something like this, and it actually helped me a lot. Well, the reason why these things often help um, is because they just mentioned lots of different things that lots of foods that people have allergies to or intolerances to like corn or wheat or soy or peanuts or something. And so uh, they just had you stop taking some of these common foods. And you, when you stop taking that food, then you started feeling better. It wasn't the product that made you feel better. It was just stopping that food. Uh, so don't feel bad uh, that you fell for this as very, very common. Um, so now it, it, uh, if you're in the middle of this or someone approaches you with this, uh, what you can do is, like the test, it says, hey, stop taking all these things. Well, okay, try it. T- stop all the foods. Don't buy the products. Um, and then see if you feel better. If you do feel better, then start introducing the foods to your, again uh, just one at a time. You know, Maybe just take one or two weeks off from each food and just start introducing them. And then you can find out if they make you sick or not, when you start taking them again. And that way you can tell which foods hurt you and which foods didn't. Um, as for the product itself, you know, research it, review it with your medical provider, see what the, what the internet says, and then see if you, how good you felt just by not taking the food. And, and then maybe see how you felt with a product. But like I said, these products can often go into the hundreds of dollars and, and especially when they want you to keep taking them over years of time. So then it can go into the thousands. Um, and so that, that can be a lot of money, uh, over time. So just, uh, just a little bit of caution there. Uh, if you're, if it's something you've already done, uh, see how you do without the product, see how you feel, uh, with just the food, uh, like I said, some some products are good, so I don't want to I don't want to say all products are bad, um, but uh, anyway, but that is one that's pretty common. Okay, dangers two and three. Um, one, you may be missing out on on treatment that can be helping you, and another danger is you may be hurting yourself by doing something. So by focusing on rehab as a journey, you'll be getting treatment you need and avoid hurting yourself. Full disclosure time. Okay, a big reason I chose to do this topic very early on is because I wish that I had learned it years earlier for myself. Uh, I, I mentioned that I was good at helping others, but I missed this for myself. And and I and like I said, it was a lot of it was because of incorrect diagnoses and things. Um, but I knew that it was likely that I had some diagnosis like fibromyalgia. I knew, I, I, I kind of knew that, but for some reason I kept looking for that underlying diagnosis. And so therefore I didn't do some of the things that I needed to do. I was having post exertional malaise and it was destroying me and I kept pushing beyond what I needed to do. And I kept working way beyond my limits. And by the time that a, a doctor, a specialist diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and looked me in the face and said, 
I know you keep trying to find something else, but understand, this is a serious diagnosis. Some people can't even get out of bed with this, and you need to start focusing on it. Now, that was my wake-up call. And I went home, and I started researching what I needed to do. I looked up some things with the CDC, and I went, okay, I've got to stay within my window. And I realized I was way past it, and I started to try to do some things, but it, by then it was a little too late for what I needed to do for work and things of that nature because I'd already pushed so hard for so many, many years. Um, so I'm trying to help you all, if you can, try to catch it a little bit earlier if possible. And if not, then uh, is you can still start now to catch wherever you are in the in the process, if, whether you're 30 years down the line or, or just starting a year in with your chronic illness. It's never too late to start to help yourself. Uh, there's a lot you can do. I know for myself, I'm making progress now. It's slow, but I'm making progress and it's helping. I already knew a lot of coping skills, but there's other things. You know, It's about getting the appropriate amount of exercise. There's nutrition that helps yourself. It's about finding the right kind of movement that helps you. It's counseling and so forth. So there's just a lot to treatment. Uh, and it's going to be individualized per person because all of our illnesses are different and how they affect each one of us is different because everybody's physiology is a little different, uh, which is why you need your treatment team. And so it's important that we understand, okay, I need to start doing something about helping myself in a realistic way uh, now and in an evidence-based way. And so, again, another reason why it's so important that we understand that rehabilitation is a journey, not a destination. We start treating it like it's a journey and that we've got this car that's going to go, need to go a long way. So we've got to keep it tuned up and we've got to keep ourselves feeling good and looking good. We've got to just do what we can to keep ourselves on the right track. Danger number four, those who feel cured or just not happy to have symptoms and, and they're not thinking about rehab. That's the danger. And they're not progressing is the problem. And they're just not preparing for the, when the symptoms reoccur. Uh, there's a saying that you make plans when you're strong for when you're weak. So this is a good opportunity when you're feeling well to get supports in place, to learn new tools, to learn new coping skills, to get your finances set, especially if you've got an expensive diagnosis that you're, that you're dealing with. Because let's face it, when you're really struggling it's much harder to learn things. It's much harder to get things in place when you're having a hard time moving out of bed or thinking straight. So this is actually a great opportunity when you're feeling well to, to get yourself out there and learn new things and, like I said, to get a budget in place or to save money or do whatever you can to get things ready for when you're not going to do well. Uh, remember, this isn't an absence of hope that you'll maintain stability. Uh, after all, if you get food storage and you get yourself all ready for a tornado or a hurricane, it doesn't mean that you hope that a tornado or a hurricane comes and wipes out your house. Of course not. But it's wise to be prepared just in case, right? So that's the same thing you want to do for your body. Just, you just want to be prepared just in case something happens again, uh, and especially if you know that something's going to happen again. But even if you think it, there's a good likelihood it might not, just in case, it, if there's a, a, any chance that it might, it's just wise to be prepared in every way we can. All right, enough about the dangers. Let's discuss happiness for a little bit before we wrap things up. Because nowadays, 
you know, everything's about destination, right? You get on a plane, you get somewhere. You get on the freeway, you get somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's not about those old road trips, you know, where you, people used to make a lot of stops along the way and, and pull over and look at the beautiful uh, scenery along the way. And we need to try to make our journey more like those old road trips. We've got to find the wonderful sights along the way. Uh, to make ourselves happy because like I said we're stuck on this very long journey and so if we're waiting to get somewhere we're like okay if I can just find the cure then I'm going to be happy if I can just wait until this pain stops then I'm going to be happy if I can wait for life not to be hard anymore then I'll be happy then we've got a very hard time coming because we're just not going to ever be happy there was an American Scott Talent episode where a woman came on that had severe cancer and the two percent chance of living i believe and she sang a song saying it's okay uh but afterwards she made a comment saying you can't wait for life not to be hard to be happy now she didn't originate that statement but coming from her it sure meant something and it's so true right we just we life is gonna be difficult for those with chronic illnesses but it doesn't mean we can't be happy I know some of my most profound moments in life have come after some of my most miserable moments in life. And so I would encourage you to just look within yourself and just try to identify what it is that you love. And whether it's helping other people, being creative, baking, whatever it is, and try to make some plans and and not wait until like I said, until you have that cure or whatever, you know, don't wait for someone to make you happy or that pill to make you happy or whatever it is that you're waiting for. But to actually try to start finding at least a piece of happiness, regardless of whatever's happening in your life at the moment. And I recognize that's not always easy. But let's try to remember rehab is a journey, not a destination. Let's avoid those dangers out there of a focusing on a destination instead of the journey and try to find, bite off a little bit more of a piece of happiness for ourselves. Thank you for listening to Coping Skills for Chronic, Physical, and or Mental Health Issues, Helpful Hints and Bandages. Please complete the survey attached to the podcast so that I know which topics are most helpful to you. I'm going to keep the survey up for a while, so some topics may have already been given when you go to complete the survey. If so, don't let that dissuade you. I would still love to have your input. This is currently at least a monthly podcast, but depending on my health, demand, or urgency of topic, episodes could come sooner. Until next time, hang in there. More skills are coming, and even if it doesn't seem like it sometimes, life is worth it. You're worth it. This has been Robert Sibley.